ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Tradical Crypto Show. I've got a guest today. We're going to talk about gold, silver, bullion, as well as OTC on Bitcoin and various other bits and pieces. It's Paul Angerman, who is the director of Ainsley Gold and Reserve Vault. Appreciate your time today, mate. Thanks for being with us. Yeah, mate. Very good to be here. Look, um, I'm pretty interested in this because, well, obviously I've traded commodities for, for a lot of my trading career. They, they're one of my favorite things to trade because they do have um, a lot of higher, sorry, a lot of high volatility around certain events. It can be somewhat predictable in their trends. So you want to just tell us first of all, a little bit about your background and have you been in gold and um, bullion and precious metals your whole career or has it been just recently? Uh, yeah, mate. so I'm actually I'm a, a civil engineer by training, um, but 20 years of my career has been in property development in, um, in um, uh, publicly listed companies and the like. Uh, around, uh, or, sorry, I start, started getting into precious metals just before the GFC, so um, somewhat um, luckily uh, identified that that was probably going to end badly before it did and, and went, put everything into uh, into gold and silver, which worked out quite nicely. Mm. Um, and then in 2013, uh, I made the move from property into into Ainsley Bullion. So I've been here for a bit over six years, six and a half years. Uh, and um, yeah, enjoying the change. So, I mean, that's a pretty big call, mate. Uh, I mean, I, I traded through that period when I was in London and for a trader, it was just, you know, it was wonderful. It yeah, was yeah. Good. Um, you know, if you're trading derivatives, it was fantastic, which I was. So, I mean, what what sort of things was it that um, that made you really get that bullish gold and silver? Of course, it went on once one of its biggest runs ever throughout yeah. that period. What what was it that you were looking out for? And again, are you seeing anything now? Yeah, look, it um, pretty similar. Like uh, I think in that lead up, yeah. So gold, gold and silver started that that um, that bull run in sort of 2004 um so and, and i guess the, the the reasons behind that were exactly the reasons why i, I was getting nervous about about the uh, the financial system so yeah. and really none of that's changed um we we've we've gone through uh, the gfc which was essentially a, a debt-borne uh, credit cycle crisis mm-hmm. um and what they've done is just as you know just thrown a whole lot more debt and, and stimulus at it um so, you know, and, and I often talk about, you know, that the GFC was triggered by about one and a half trillion dollars of, of subprime debt. Um, but we've added about 104 trillion since there, um, 75% up to, you know, to the mid 200. So, so that all this market that we're seeing now is, is, is central bank inflated um, and, and not fundamentals. So I then go and look at the fundamentals and the fundamentals are things like gold and silver and other hard assets. So, yeah. Makes sense. I mean, look, that's what I don't understand is, you know, I've, I've sort of exited a lot of my equity positions about 18 months ago because I'm not care to catch the bottom or the top. I want the yeah. junk in the middle. That's, that's yeah. my whole being as a trader and investor, right? Um, take the safer money uh, if there is such a thing. Now, you know, through gold, I mean, gold's had a pretty decent little run earlier. Well, throughout 2019, I mean, it's, it's, it's had a pretty damn good run. Yeah. Um, speaking to a market that's what? Uh, 1.4 trillion or no 11 11 trillion or 14 trillion what's the gold market cap now it's hard to tell i know but. yeah well it's an interesting story because if you look at all the gold that's ever been mined so 190,000 ton or whatever it's around that seven eight trillion dollars but if you look at what's actually i guess uh, available to trade in a, an investable form mm. they, they estimate about one and a half trillion so you know and, and that's the allure right so if you've got 300 trillion in, in, in financial markets and 200 trillion in private um, private property. When all that panics and tries to get into that little one and a half trillion dollar space, 
you know, in that supply demand price equation, there's there's only one variable there. So it's um, so that's the allure, I guess, in that safe haven run to run to safe. Feels it feels very similar to that of uh, what people hope will happen with Bitcoin, I suppose. And uh, I mean, in a financial sense, if you consider how small Bitcoin in the crypto asset space is. It's, um, I mean, it is very, very similar to that of what, like, what Bitcoin is to gold is what gold is to other financial assets. So, yeah, yeah. um, I, I think you know, gold is probably going to be the one that um, produces more goods out of that, simply because it's a tried and tested, um, safe haven, if you will. And um, you know, there's a lot of people arguing towards that. A lot, lot more people have assets. Oh, sorry, have opportunities to trade with that. Which brings me through now to what you're doing. Um, with the tokenization because what you're actually doing there is using blockchain uh to essentially use a blockchain to put gold and silver on it is that right when, yeah 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 something? absolutely so uh, and i guess look the, the the backstory is in 2017 we actually added the the top five cryptos to our offer uh, so over the counter we we're pretty well the first in australia or the only ones doing it um, person to person high value uh, walk away with a secure wallet so the natural progression of, of merging those two worlds um, was that you know, the 5,000-year-old monetary asset with this new fandangled blockchain thing. Um, but it works so beautifully, uh, seamlessly, because you know, it, it just addresses some of the clunkiness of, of owning physical metal. Um, so, and the other thing, when we looked around at, at what else was out there, you, very, you, know, you scratch the surface and you very quickly find yourself in Malta or the Caribbean or so these sort of red light um, jurisdictions. Yeah. So, so the opportunity was there to to have something domiciled in Australia, uh, signed off by you know pretty well the preeminent lawyers in this space in Australia, uh, by a 45 year old bullion dealer, not a startup, uh, and and tokenize gold and have it 100% backed. And and my absolute preoccupation with all of this is to uh, I guess address any concern because we hear all you know the, the stories of rehypothecation and. And, and you know ETFs not having enough there and all this sort of thing that you had absolute visibility and and third-party assurances that every token on issue uh, so every token is one gram of gold or one gram of silver um, that you know uh, most definitely that that's sitting in reserve vault uh, BDO audit that every quarter and that audit's not just about is it there now it's that has it not moved um, so we haven't gone and um, played with that uh, in between audits so that's completely addressed. And it's fully insured by Lloyd. So, so that was, you know, that was the preoccupation is to get something that was as allocated as you can get mm. in a tokenized form, but then give you all the benefits of, of the blockchain, of, of transferability and of security, and, and I guess that that um, yeah, the you know, the uh, the economics of it as well in terms of you know low low margins. Now, how do we get around, like, I mean, one of the things I think that um, the, the listeners and viewers will want to know is this. I mean, obviously, I believe that the way that, um, you know, the, yeah, what's it called, um, your centralized banking system first operated was by the, you know, gold miners coming in and, and having it gold back there. And then they get these notes that suggest that they have this much gold and some bright spike went, well, hang on, only 10% of people are taking the gold out of here. Let's inflate yeah. uh, what, what yeah. it is. And that was where gold back currency came from really sure. um, how do we know that, that um, the gold that's in reserve vault isn't somewhat owned by somebody else and we're playing the same game of putting it across both the physical that you you know I'm probably sure that I can buy uh, a kilo of gold have it sit in reserve vault safely securely yeah. with my certificate under my name and then you're selling half of that block of gold or that you know gold bullion bar uh, into the 
um, tokenized economy? How, how do we have the reassurance that that's not happening? Yeah, that's a good question. And it also speaks to the obvious question of what if Ainsley goes broke? Okay, so so what um, so what we've done again there is create a completely clean skin company called Gold Silver Standard Custodian. Mm -hmm. That company's only assets are the metal that it holds, and its only liabilities are the tokens on offer um, that that have the right to that metal. Okay. So there's just no way of, of uh, you know on selling that metal to anyone else. Uh, the metal doesn't move, it stays there. Every single serial number of every single bar is recorded on the blockchain. So whenever we mint um, more tokens, uh, the transaction hash is, is applied to that serial number. So you have absolute visibility via the website. You can interrogate the, the database that has a record of all of this, the blockchain, which is you know immutably always there and, and, and transparent. And you can always see the two, two meet. Um, so, uh, whatever happens with Ainsley doesn't really matter because that that is held completely separately. Okay, well that's that that's good to know. I guess the second side of that is um, you know, you can mint more tokens as you get more gold, right? And silver, yeah, depending yeah. on demand. Yep, and the opportunity there too, as opposed to other examples, is so in terms of market cap. So the market cap at the moment's um, about uh, what about uh, five and a half million dollars of of the tokens. But so if you wanted to buy five million, oh, sorry, six million dollars worth, then or or any high, you know, you would normally move the market. What we can facilitate easily through Ainsley Wealth is that you say, I want five million dollars worth. We actually go and buy five million dollars in metal. We mint that five million dollars in metal, and we issue you the tokens. We haven't moved the market at all. You've done it all at the same spot price, um, and therefore, so you just have effectively infinite depth of of buying without, you know moving the market or, or, or paying extra. And and where do I store this? Is it is there a specialized wallet? Is it built on the Ethereum network? Is it on my trees? Is it, is it, where, where, where do I put it? Yeah, yeah so it's an ERC-20 token. So it's uh, any any wallet that's compliant with ERC-20, which is most. Uh, so I guess the other thing that we introduced when Ainsley Wealth was doing the OTC is that we, we will supply anyone who comes into store, because we need you to watch us do it uh, for obvious reasons, is we produce a cold wallet in front of you. So that's... That's essentially a paper wallet, uh, nicely packaged, but it's something that's produced completely offline on machines that have never been online um, and never will be, and you walk out. And it also helps with, I guess, newcomers to, to crypto is that, you know, where is this thing and what do I get when you're yeah. walking out with a wallet that is, is unhackable because there's just no connection to the internet ever. Um, then, you know, that, that's one means of doing it. But, you know, we've got storage accounts where we have cold storage and reserve vault that we store it for you. Or you might have your own, you know, ledger, trezor, you connect, whatever it might be. What if I lose my trezor? What if I lose it? Is is it is there somewhere where it's stored where there's a claimable, you know, I've got fifty grams of gold, I've lost my trezor. Is is there any link back at all, or is that the responsibility no, of the holder? Absolutely. So just like any other cryptocurrency, you lose that private key and and it's gone. Yep. Okay. Well, that's that's for as much safety for the client, really, more than anyone absolutely. else. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yep. Okay. Cool. So, uh, has anybody actually settled? I mean, we know the market cap five and a half million right now. Has anyone actually gone ahead and settled in the physical? Because I think it's fifty kilo of gold up well, up to fifty kilo, and sorry, one kilo of gold uh, and fifty kilo of silver. Has anyone yep. settled? Uh, no, they haven't. So it's um look, and the beauty of that redeemability means that uh, that introduces real arbitrage. Okay. So if if this thing becomes its own organic um um in the market then the mere fact that you can redeem as you say just come in with no cost at all give us a thousand AUS and we'll give you one kilo of gold um, 
that that straight away introduces the arbitraging too, and and that's what we wanted too in terms of a stable coin, in terms of something that really tracks the price of gold or silver. Um, but to date, no one's actually redeemed. But um, mind you, you know the, the price is not um, doing things that ordinarily have people doing that anyway. No, well, I mean, we've seen gold sort of level out for the last few weeks, haven't we? I mean, it's yeah. struggling at fifteen hundred at the minute. What's what's your thoughts for the rest of the well, I mean, for, for two thousand and twenty on on the asset class itself? I know it's difficult to really have an understanding. I guess yeah. it depends a lot on what happens across financial markets, but uh, certainly a good start to the well, a fantastic two thousand and nineteen for mm. for gold mm. at least. Yeah, yeah, and and. So we saw gold what, get up about 20% or something this year at one stage. So it's come back a bit, it's up still about 17% for the year. Um, silver yeah, does what silver does, it, it, it lagged and then it overshot and then it's yeah. come back further. Um, so that gold-silver ratio is still um, very closely watched by a lot of people and, and, and still an exciting prospect. But, um, but look, in terms of where to from here, um, you know, look, and we're, we're very much about balance so we're, and we don't try and predict uh, because with all due respect no one knows correct um and um so but it's really about you know now our trademark is balance your wealth in an unbalanced world and that that world's pretty pretty bloody unbalanced at the moment um you know with with a lot of uh, it's very strong out with all the, the stimulus and the debt burden and the geopolitical tensions and that sort of thing so i just think we have a very strong out world that at any point one of the one of the pieces in that very interconnected uh, and very um, you know, intricate model is, is going to break um, and we won't get warning. Uh, and you know, so the old saying, uh, you know, better a year too early than a day too late, I think is, is, is sort of the, the rule of thumb for owning gold and silver. It's, um, it's the insurance when this does and will go wrong. We just don't know when. Yeah, it's been very interesting watching, hasn't it? I mean, we, we saw HSBC cut 11,000 jobs or announced they were going to cut 11,000 jobs. I thought maybe that might be the straw. Yep. Uh, I mean, they, they'd say one thing, but, you know, they, they got a lot more information than us. They're politically um, driven and so not politically driven, uh, market driven forces from a bank like that can be significant. So if they were to say we're cutting 11,000 jobs because we think that, uh, you know, there's a big storm on the horizon, that wouldn't do their share price any good at all. It would not yep. do yep global markets any good at all but mm. the fact is they're looking to cut that deutsche bank's in a lot of trouble uh they mm. potentially could disappear uh yep. which would be uh, it would be bigger than lehman brothers i would suggest if that was yeah. to actually yeah. occur um we've got lots of little banks around the world that are if they were to go through a stress test right now i think they would be uh under an awful lot of pressure so it's a melting pot right now it's bubbling away and, um, you know, we saw that at the start of the year through gold, uh, having that, as you say, that at one stage, 20% run to the upside, silver overshooting as, as the little brother often does. Yeah. Um, and, and, and a bit more steadiness of late. Um, when we look at the, the tokenized side of gold, are you seeing a different type of market participant? I mean, one of the things that uh, I think tokenizing gold uh, and, and any other asset class that may not be as easily accessible to, um, to your mums and dads, other than buying a gold mining stock or, an ETF is um, it allows new participants to come into the space. You're seeing that the volumes of these possibly more retail side clients are, I mean, the, the individual yeah, yeah. your size being lower, or is there is it a big mix? Well, we see um, it's just it's, it's lovely to watch, and that because it, it facilitates both. So we're we're on listed on CoinSpot. Mm -hmm. So in the first sort of couple of months on CoinSpot, um, we did five thousand trades worth about two point one two point two million dollars. Mm -hmm. So if you look at the average of that, that's only $400, and that's the average, okay? And when I look at the transaction list that anyone can look at, you can, you can see that there's some 
you know, micro trades. You could buy, you can theoretically just buy you know, 0.7 um, cents of gold. You know, so, so it's just four decimal places and, and one token is one gram. So, so we are seeing, you know, we've got, and but what importantly is they're buying it at the sorts of spreads that are usually only for the people that are buying sort of, you know, 10 ounces a kilo of gold or, yeah. or, or 100 ounces of silver. So they're, they're getting little amounts at the, at the, at the big guys spread. Um, and then on the flip side, we're seeing some large money coming in, particularly in silver because of the storage aspects of high value of silver. Uh, they can buy the silver tokens um, and literally weighs nothing and, and storage is, is free. So we're seeing both ends of the spectrum, but I think it definitely does introduce um, an easy way for, for um, you know, the, the, the guys that are beginning uh, their investments. Exactly. And look, it can be also be sort of seen as somewhat of a stable coin as well. I mean, let's not, mm. let's not um, beat around the bush on this. I mean, we've got the, the, the thing is, is that your, your asset class that is gold and silver that is sitting on the blockchain, that is there verified, that is backed by Lloyd. So it is insured. It's uh, very structured and, and you know, you've got everything you need to back it. Then you look at something like US dollar tether, which seems to have a lawsuit coming out every second day of the week. Uh, True USD seems to be a little bit more clean and clear, but um, I see it as potentially another another uh, you know opportunity for people that if they want to move out of Bitcoin for a bit because they, they might be a bit bearish on the asset mm. class for some time, if they especially if they don't know how to trade it and hedge themselves, that um, it could be a wise move to move into uh, a bit of gold and silver here and there just to balance that portfolio. And to I mean, gold gold does move up and down. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Not quite as much um, as obviously moving into some molds. Yeah, and we've observed that on CoinSpot. So we're we're definitely seeing. You know, if, if there's a, if there's a strong run, um, we're seeing a spike in in some you know what looks to be profit taking out of you know Bitcoin and into into this uh, and vice versa. So there's been selling down of the gold when when Bitcoin's looking low and, and a good buy. So so we're we're observing that through through CoinSpot as well. Um, and and you know the beauty of this is you know you can trade it 24/7, uh, which is very hard for gold and silver. Mm. Uh, and and again at those um, so there are spreads just because it is physically backed by something that has real physical spreads in terms of how it, it all works. Um, but, you know, that, that cost is the fact that you've got something essentially allocated as opposed to a CFD or other sort of, you know, non-really backed uh, derivative out there in terms of playing, playing that gold and silver market. So you get that sort of um, hard asset, uh, lack of counterparty risk play um, versus something that's comp completely synthetic. Yeah, and what's, um, what's the minimum uh, and max? Is, is there a maximum side of trades that you've got on your OTC for either Bitcoin, gold, or silver, or whatever you host there? No, no, no maximum because as I described before, we can we can order as long as and you know to be to be upfront, you would probably have to wait a week or two for the metal to arrive. But the fact is, you have a contract, you lock your price is locked in. Um, you're just waiting for us to get the metal and mint the token. So, so there's essentially no upside uh, and or limit in terms of um, what what that is. Yep. Um, and likewise, there's there's no minimum. Um, so if you buy OTC through Ainsley, um, we've got a $500 minimum just because of the, the human, you know, effort uh, in in store. But um, but you know, over over Coinspot, you literally buy a cent if you wanted to. 
And it's so, I mean, it's pretty obvious too, isn't it? I mean, if you're going to go to CoinSpot, you look at that, you look at the order book and you go, well, there's not enough there for me to buy. Pick up your phone and uh, give you guys a call and just say, look, I needed this amount. It's not in the order book. I don't want to bring the price right up. What sure. should I do here? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then you guys can facilitate the minting and you know, grabbing a hold of the, uh, you, you know, you're the secondary market really. Yeah, yeah. And, and that, that human to human aspect is, is important for a lot of people as well, just to, you know, if, they, if they're new to the space particularly. Absolutely. Well, Paul, it's been an absolute pleasure getting to understand a bit more about the project. Is there anything that I've missed that you want to sort of talk about at the moment? Or no, I think we've uh, we've covered it pretty well, mate. It's um, yeah. Uh, it's, look, it's um, on any we've touched on this, but on, on any uh, overview of, of of the world at the moment, it's um, it's pretty important to get some some of that sort of safe safe asset or the uncorrelated asset into your portfolio, and that's the key thing we keep talking about. It's just having an asset in your portfolio that's not correlated to the rest effectively. Uh, and gold and silver have proven that time and time again. Um, uh, Bitcoin's proving it to some extent already as well. But it's uh, it's really about getting that true diversification in your portfolio. And, um, uh, and you know, and, and now you've got an easy way of, of, of trading in and out of, of gold and silver as well, 24-7. Couldn't have been a true word spoken, Paul. Thank you very much for your time. Where do people find out more information about yourself and the project? Yeah, sure. So gold and silver standard is, is literally goldsilverstandard.com. Uh, or if you want to come to Ainsley Bullion, it's ainsleybullion.com.au. Thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen. Paul Engerman, Director of Ainsley Bullion and Reserve Vault. It's been an absolute pleasure speaking with you. Thank you so much for your time today. Good on you, mate. Thank you. Cheers, guys. Bye for now.